Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Coach's Corner here on the Vanguard Athletics Podcast Network. My name is Jeff Melton, and we have a special guest with us in the studio welcoming Kristen Struitt. Hello, hello. So Kristen, uh, normally Mike and I uh, are the hosts of this. Uh, you're filling in for Mike this week, so we're going to put you on the hot seat a little bit real quick. And as someone who's um, you know just been a fan and listening to the channel, what's your favorite part of just breaking it down and talking to our coaches each week? Yeah, it's it's really been amazing to see how the podcast has just come and with growth every single week. And my favorite part, I think, about the coaches' corner specifically is just really getting their insight, um, what they see day in and day out, um, and just kind of getting a new perspective to our athletics department and just for other student athletes out there. Perfect. Thank you so much. I know it's a it was a dream of Mike and I's for a while to get involved, and we've been trying to figure out a way to get you on the podcast. And here you, we we went to the bullpen this week, uh, calling back to your softball days in South Carolina. So we thank you for being with us. Um, and now, actually, we're gonna jump into a conversation that I was able to have earlier this week um, with Johnny Deragian, our associate head coach of track and field and cross country. We are here with Johnny Deragian. Uh, the track and field and cross country programs here at Vanguard University. Uh, you've been with us about a year, Johnny, so we're, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast here um, as we ramp up towards the indoor uh, national championships, which will be going on this weekend. Uh, so folks will be hearing this right around the time that those results are posting. So we're coming off the indoor season, six meets. Uh, it's kind of a sprint, right, when you get back from uh, Christmas vacation. That's right. Literal and figurative sprint. Um into the season. So um, from your point of view as a, on the coaching staff, you know, what, what's your summary of the indoor season? Right. First of all, very impressed by you pronouncing my last name really well. Got really it. good. We've had a great indoor season. We've had two school records. Um, DeAnthony McGowan tied Alec Durant's 60 meter school record as a freshman. And then Dorothy Jackson broke the 200 meter indoor school record as a freshman. And then we contested the 300 meters this year. Mm -hmm. Milton Whitson has that record, and Olivia Poland has the 300 meter record. And that's the first time we've ever done the 300 correct. meter at Vanguard, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. So we told them, hey, whoever runs the fastest is going to have, you know, their record on the board. Absolutely. So pretty excited. Yeah. So there's pretty good stats that happen um, as well. So the top 10 list already this year mm -hmm. from the first year athletes that recruited this year, 27 are on the top 10 list. That's incredible. It's like phenomenal. And then from the returners, we've had five of them kind of have like a lifetime best as well. Mm -hmm. So we've off to like a really good start. And then on the women's side already, from them breaking like their high school time as mm -hmm. the first year coming in, mm -hmm. or returners, from the women, we have 38 lifetime bests. That's incredible. Already. And from the men's side, we have 26. So we're doing something really special this year. Yeah, and I'm sure one of the things is the added depth probably is just, you know, everyone's getting different reps during practice right. and everyone's being pushed just a little bit harder because there's multiple people in each event right. versus in some of these before, it's kind of hard to go out there every day and train by yourself and mm -hmm. to not have a, a partner or three or five pushing you. So that's fantastic. So um, kind of g give the listeners at home a breakdown of, you know, who's out in, in Brookings uh, South Dakota and, you know, their qualifications and, you know, kind of just uh, the eliteness of reaching that level. Right. Yeah. So Amanda Chan 
is our returning national champion. She's a junior for the high jump, and she's at a four-way tie for eighth place coming in. Okay. Which yeah. last year she was completely, yeah. completely last, yeah, mm-hmm. coming in, and she won. We have Michaela Schaefer, who's also a junior, and she's going for the triple jump. Jump. She's tenth out of thirty-five people. Okay. So yeah. she has a really good shot of becoming an all-American as well. All-Americans top eight. Top eight. Yeah. Correct. And then Marissa Thompson, a junior, she's in the 5K, 5,000 meters, and she's ranked 19th. But in my opinion, her and Maddie, who's also, Maddie's a sophomore, and she's ranked 24th in the 5K, they both have a really good chance of becoming All-American as well. Mm -hmm. And a really quick tidbit on Maddie is that she's a cross-country athlete and an indoor and outdoor track athlete. Mm -hmm. And... Every chance she's had to go to national, she's gone. So she's five for five. That's incredible. As a sophomore. So she most likely will get the Vanguard record of how many national appearances she has had. On the women's side, right? On the women's side, right. Women's and men, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. So, and then we have Dorothy Jackson. She's a freshman. She qualified for two events Mm -hmm. as a freshman in the 60 meters and in the 200 meters. And again, she broke the, the indoor school record in the 200 meters. Which another freshman, Armaya Johnson, had previously uh, about two it. weeks before, <laughs> and then she stole it. Yeah. And so Dorothy's ranked 18 out of 23 in the 60. But if she, a tenth of a second differentiates her and top eight. Yeah. So you could tell that the field is pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then Gabe Warner is going as a junior, and he's running 200 meters as well. He has like a little bit of a nagging turf toe, mm-hmm. but if he works through that, then again, he could become an All-American as well. And then we have the last person going, the seventh person is DeAnthony McGowan, who tied Alec Duran's 60-meter school record as a freshman, running 6.84, and he's ranked 10th out of 33. And eighth is 100th of a second away from him. Yeah. So Just a bunch of stacked fast guys in there. Right. I mean... 673 is second place mm-hmm. right on the on the performance list yeah. so he's not too far off so w- if everything goes the way we want it to go everybody could come back as an all-american and that, that would be an incredible experience right and it would reach my goal actually which we have 93 all-americans mm-hmm. for track and field and cross country yeah my goal this year is to break 100. To, to get to the, to get the century to mark. Or, that's right. Which is fitting since Vanguard's celebrating its 100th birthday <laughs> yeah, this point. year. So that's, right. a, that's a great goal. Um, so I think you're uh, bearing the lead a little bit here, uh, Mr. Johnny, of uh, the stud athlete you were back in mm-hmm. the day and still are in, in some ways. Um, you competed collegiately uh, down at Point Loma Nazarene right. uh, back when it was in NEI school mm-hmm. uh, before they made the jump to D2. So that was a arrival of vanguards. We'll forgive you for that for right. now. <laughs> um, and then you went on to run professionally. So, you know, as, as you're coaching these men and women every day, how often do you kind of take a step back in your head and remember I was in this position X number of years ago and here's how I wish my coach had talked to me or here's the off the field off-the-track conversations I wish I was having with my coach and those things. Right. Yeah, good question. My high school coach, really good guy, but he told me that I'll never be a sprinter mm-hmm. because I guess I wasn't that good in high school. So I didn't compete for the first two years at Point Loma. I was a walk-on my junior year. But then when I started to get better and I started to meet people that saw some potential in me, the encouraging words really helped me out as well, especially being – just young in the sport, mm-hmm. not young in age, but young in the sport. Mm-hmm. And they saw some potential in me, which was really great. 
And so when I'm out on the field with all these these young kids, I always remind myself, if they have a goal, I'm going to do their best to try to get to that goal. I'm not going to tell them, hey, it's unattainable. Why don't we just work hard and see what happens? And I wish I had that mm-hmm. when I was younger. I'm glad I had it later in life. And an Olympic coach actually seeing a potential in me and giving me a shot to run professionally. So being an athlete coach in that order, I think is a big blessing that God has given me because I could look at these athletes running in practice. Let's say we have six 200s in one day, but after the fourth one, I could tell so-and-so is not looking too hot. Well, I could change their workout to make Mm -hmm. them finish really well compared to, hey, we put six 200s out on paper. You better do all six of them which will get people hurt. Being a little more legalistic in right. it rather. Absolutely. Right. So uh, you uh, own the title of the fastest Armenian <laughs> in the world. Uh, kind of break down, tell everyone at home how, how that came about, how you even got into the race, how, how you got the honor, and whether you're uh, whether that's one of the greatest achievements of your life versus you know seeing these guys succeed just on a daily basis in training. Right. Yes. Yeah, so... So when I ran professionally, the goal was to make it to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I started running for this team in 2005, and the coach said, hey, what's the dream? I said, Olympics. He's like, good, because everybody on this team is an Olympian. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep it that way. And so we trained, and in 2007, Armenia held their Pan-Armenian Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. And 96 countries came to it. And the, the whole point was whoever becomes like the greatest athlete from the track and field world we'll get a shot to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were training for this whole time. So in 2007, flew to Armenia, won two gold medals in the 100 and the 200, broke their national record, did everything they wanted me to do, but they didn't keep their word, mm. which was kind of devastating for about three months. Yeah. But to this day, we haven't heard of anybody breaking the record at all, so I think it still stands. I hope somebody does, Yeah. right? But it's good to see... After that happened, and being a youth pastor at the same time, I was able to go to different youth groups and, you know, give Bible studies and give sermons. But then they wanted to know, like, hey, how fast are you? So I brought my gold medals to every youth group I went to and said, hey, whoever beats me, I'll give them my gold medals. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to get them into the track world a little bit more. And do, you, do you know where the gold medals are right now? Yeah, they I are. Do. Yeah, All they're right. in my... How- in a shoebox in yeah. a closet somewhere <laughs> at my when, parents' house. When's the last time you pulled them out and looked at them? Maybe eight years ago. <laughs> eight years ago. When you when you think about that gold medal and that mm-hmm. time of your life, you know what's the what's the first image you have? Determination. Determination. Right. So not being as tall as every other sprinter out there, maybe not as strong or whatever. I had to believe that I had the capability of doing what I thought I can do, and then when a coach saw that capability too. Then I had somebody else on my side that that I wasn't just like a pipe dream anymore. Mm-hmm. Someone else believed in me too. And then other people started to see that I was fast. Because the cool thing about track is it's not a subjective sport. It's mm-hmm. very objective. Mm-hmm. So if you run a certain time, then you could compare that to a time in Germany. Somebody running 100 meters in Germany or in France or wherever. And you go, hey, I stack up pretty well. So had to be determined because during that whole time, I was still... Um, I was finishing up my master's, working at church as a youth pastor, associate pastor, and training about 40 hours a week. So I had to be determined. Absolutely. So you've you've kind of uh, touched on a little bit, uh, you know, up until 
um, about a year ago when you when you came on board here mm-hmm. at Vanguard. You were actually a full you were full time in ministry, mm-hmm. part time in the track world. Right. Uh, you did that for almost a decade, right? Right. Of uh, being a youth pastor. Um, what is what is it that you find is similar between being a youth pastor and uh, coaching collegiate yeah, track? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, when I was coaching in high school, one of the students here, Alec Duran, actually, I was coaching him in high school, and I would invite any student to come with me to church. Mm-hmm. The school kind of gave me the green light to do that, which mm-hmm. was really great. So I brought some people to one of our youth group services and that I was talking at, giving a sermon. And afterwards, I asked him, like, hey, did you see your coach in a different light? And they're like, not really. You just said different words. Mm-hmm. But the the passion was the same. The encouragement was still the same. So you just talked more about Jesus. And on the track, you're just talking about track. So the similarities, especially being, in, I mean, being blessed to be at Vanguard, we could bring in Jesus mm-hmm. and not as, as something that we're sprinkling onto our season, but saying like, hey, the focus here is to glorify God. What does that really mean when we run? What does glorifying God really mean? Because everybody says that all the time. Uh, this is this, this is for your glory. Well, what does that mean? So we could really break that down here and really thank God for the abilities he's given us to do what we can do. But this is just a platform. And for me to encourage students and pray over them and talk about God all in the same place is just a dream come true. Well, the funny thing is, is running is one of two sports that are actually mm-hmm. mentioned in the Bible. It's right. that and wrestling. Right. So, <laughs> you know, any anytime anyone says that, you can just uh, say that it's one of the most biblical sports there is. <laughs> um, so as we transition, you know, right now our team, uh, you know, as we're having this conversation here in the in the studio, our team is preparing to compete at mm-hmm. the national championships in uh, Brookings, South Dakota, like we just said, those seven athletes. So, um Right when they get back, we're actually going to flip the page and we move from indoor season to outdoor season. Um, give uh, our, our listeners at home like a one to two sentence difference of why indoor season is one way and outdoor season is another. Good question. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. That wasn't. No, no, that's a good question. So we don't peak for indoor, we peak for outdoor. Mm-hmm. So if we peak, for indoor, it's hard to have like another peak for the rest of the season. Track, again, is not unlike any other sport. You have to have a time where you're going to be the fastest. And we want to be the fastest at our conference. Mm-hmm. We don't have an indoor conference. If we did, it will be a different ball game. Mm-hmm. So there isn't really that much of a difference. We're kind of training through indoors mm-hmm. and getting ready for outdoor. So the 60-meter runners haven't been training for the 60 meters. I've been training them for the 100 meters. Mm, I didn't even know that. That's, right. that's interesting. Okay. Right. But if we had an indoor conference meet, I would have peaked them for the 60. Okay. If we needed to, based on the performance of other schools. And is there, you know, instead of running the 100, like you said, it's a 60 or, you know, things right. like that. Uh, is there a certain reason why the indoor events are shorter than the outdoor? So since we're running on an indoor track, mm-hmm. a lot of those tracks are only 200 meters um, in the right. whole length, right? Yeah. Some of them are 300, some of them are 160 meters. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of going based on the IAAF rules, the International Association of Athletics Federation, mm-hmm. and they just put 60 meters as one of their, That's what their events. That's based off the number of right. steps or something like that. Okay. Right. So um, you kind of mentioned it earlier. It's it's a non-traditional sport. Uh, you know, you, you purposely take weeks off. You purposely mm-hmm. train 
harder and less on certain days versus, you know, more traditional team sport. You kind of have to do it all at the same level. Since, right. Um, you know, people are doing it in, in synchronization with each other versus right. track is actually a really individualized sport. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a typical week leading up to a meet? on Saturday look like in the track and field world? Yeah, which is a whole different week compared to the fall season. Exactly, yeah. So if it's a typical week, so let's say for sprinters, Monday will be about acceleration. Mm -hmm. We're kind of giving some tidbits for other coaches to hear, which is really good. Mm -hmm. I'm not a coach that's going to hide any workouts. Yeah. So Monday we'll focus on acceleration. And what that means is anywhere from like 30 to 80 meters. Mm -hmm. And then Tuesday is more of your, your heavy load day. So you could go up to... 500 meters, 300 meters, depending on what your your goal is. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is more of a like hip mobility, kind of a recovery day. Mm-hmm. Thursday is max velocity. That's the lingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're up and running finally, that's called max velocity when you're going to be your fastest. Mm-hmm. So we will just practice that alone. So there's seven phases in the 100 meters alone mm-hmm. that you have to do really well at. And then Friday will be some block work, even like Thursday could be block work. Monday could be block work. It all matters what you're going for. And then Saturday, you hit it. And the same is very similar for like distance running. You'll have like maybe two hard days in the week, two days that are pretty pretty much recovery um, because all the work had to have been done in the summer, the fall, and the winter. Mm-hmm. If you didn't do any of that work, you will not have a good spring season. And then I'm assuming it's the same kind of on the jump side. You know, you're working same on your thing. steps. You're working on mm-hmm. your, your approach, your launch, how you land. Right. Um, same thing for throws. We're working yeah. on technique days. Now we're going to put it all together on these days. Um, there's just segments to work on. How many days a week would we uh, put it together fully? Just one day a week, probably for the for the sprints, for the, doing the whole, you know, sixty meter uh, dash. We will probably put it together on like a on a Tuesday or Thursday. Okay. All right. That's fantastic. So, um, w- you know, as a former college athlete as a coach one of the most passionate people in our department uh just the enthusiasm you bring day in day out and then you know the side of you that's a youth pastor um what is it about combining all those things together that that wakes you up every morning and gets you juiced up and ready to just attack the day right so my wife and i were praying about this and even during our premarital counseling even pre-engagement counseling and then um, just talking about it within ourselves after marriage. I'm like, I believe God has really called me to three things, which is um, ministry, whatever that looks like, teaching and coaching. Mm-hmm. And I feel like being able to do all three at Vanguard right now has been amazing. Um, Dallas Willard said something that stuck with me for the last eight years. He said, um, learning from Jesus how to lead my life as he would lead it if he were I. That's like my my motto, basically. Mm-hmm. And saying, I'm not called to live Jesus' life. He's not called to live my life. We live two separate lives. But if Jesus, if, if his vocation was being a coach, how would he go about it today? Mm-hmm. How would he talk to so-and-so today? What words would he give that person? What kind of facial expressions would he give that person? So that kind of wakes me up thinking, God, I have a chance to to be like you today as being a coach. So teach me what that would look like. That's it. 
Absolutely. Uh, I don't think I have any eligibility left, but I'm going to check and see if I can <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, sprint for you. I, I got to let you know I'm pretty slow, though, so it might not do you any good. We'll make you fast. Uh, challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> we'll see We'll see how uh, how good you are on the track. So, um, you know, next week we'll go full bore into the outdoor season, um, moving towards the GSAC championships, mm-hmm. which are in April. Um, what What is it um, – team goal you know obviously is to to win the conference for the first time ever right. and ramping up towards that but you know some of the things that are in a little more intangible um that you guys kind of talked through on your team retreat mm-hmm. before the season and things like that so you know track is very much about the numbers the times the distances right. and everything but you know kind of the, some of the stuff that's not as objective as you mentioned earlier what are some of those things that you as a coaching staff and a team are are pushing towards yeah, a lot of the team said everybody has a goal of scoring at least one point, mm-hmm. being a part of like the overall, right? But we want to make sure that we're a team, not that we're making other teams jealous of us, mm-hmm. but to show them that we're genuinely in love with each other and caring for each other and encouraging each other. Like I want other people, every track meet that we go to, even for GSAC, to look at our team and go, man, something special is happening at Vanguard, something very very unique and I want to see what's going on there. Like why are they so excited about each other's events? Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes people don't cheer for other events and we want to make sure that when we're not warming up for our own event, we're out there cheering for our teammates as well mm-hmm. and other people too. Right. But we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we're, we're a cohesive team. So that's a goal. And then an objective goal for outdoor nationals we want to take at least 16 people kind mm-hmm. of break the record that Vanguard has had mm-hmm. and take more people and to take the first ever girls relay team. Mm-hmm. Vanguard has never taken a girls relay team to indoor or outdoor nationals. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure we break that. That'd be awesome. So as we uh, kind of make the pivot here between the seasons, we thank you for taking some time off. I know you got to yeah, hustle thanks. over and get over to the track, but it was a pleasure sitting with you. And uh, thanks for being with us here on the coaches. Corner. Yeah. Thanks Jeff. Thanks Johnny for being on the podcast this week. And a big thank you to our fans at home who are listening to us through SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google play, Apple podcasts, or Facebook and YouTube videos. See you next week on coaches corner.